Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. This is another installment of Outside Perspective. I had to take that second just to center myself and calm my energy. I'm sitting down with interesting humans. I'm so glad that you guys are able to join me. And I have a very uh, awesome guest for you today. Before I get to the guest, though... I want to say welcome. If you're new to the show, so happy to have you here. If you are a repeat listener, you guys are the fucking shit. I love you to death. And uh, real quick, I want to tell you guys about my friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. If you are looking for CBD, maybe you have some questions about CBD, you can go to jumbocbd.com. They have a lot of great resources. But in a nutshell, I'll be quick, I'll be brief, CBD, cannabidol, it's one of many compounds found in the cannabis plant. It's being shown, it is showing uh, to have a lot of medicinal benefits and a lot of people are getting relief with things such as digestion and sleep and this is helping with their mood regulation. Uh, it can help protect your brain. So there, there's quite a few benefits you know, to this adaptogen within the cannabis plant. And I personally get all of my products from Jumbo Superfoods. I know 100% that everything is safe and it is of premium quality, which is very important. Sourcing is so important. They send all of their products to a third-party laboratory to be tested, and then they post those results online. So if you want to see those, you have that access, uh, complete transparency. So I love this company very much. So these guys are the homies. And uh, man, if you're in the if you're in the market for some CBD products, definitely give them uh, a shot. So if you're in the market for some CBD, definitely check them out. JumboCBD.com. Use the code outside when you check out. You'll save 20% off of your entire order. Uh, again, save 20%. Off of the entire order just by using the code outside. Also, they do uh, almost always have buy two, get one free. So throw two in your cart. I bet they put that third one in there for free. And then you're going to save 20% off of that entire order. So, man, that's such a great deal. Go to jumbocbd.com. Use the code outside at checkout. My guest today that I'm sitting down with is Nicole Dudas. She is one of the just one of the most sought after trainers in the St. Louis area, really. Um, you know, I worked with her a decade ago at uh, a little over, you know, at 24 Hour Fitness whenever I was really beginning uh, my fitness uh, career. And her and her husband, Nick, who I actually sat down with Nick separately, we'll get to that later on another episode, um, you know, they've opened up an amazing facility uh, in the St. Charles area and they you know they had one place they've outgrown it they built a, a fantastic facility um, and that's where we that's where we blah, that's where we recorded and uh, man it was just so cool just to catch up with her and hear more about her story and she's really transitioned She's made a big transition in her fitness journey, which we talk about, and we end up talking quite a bit about just, you know, energy and yoga and grounding and returning back to nature, and this was just a fun conversation. So here we go, guys. Let's welcome to the show, Nicole Dudas. 
Now I'm rolling. Rolling, okay. We're rolling. We're going to just do this. Just do this. <laughs> Nicole, do this. It's so good to see you. It's good to see you. It's I been know. a while. I know. It's been so long. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. from the back in the 24-hour days. Back in the day. I know. Now I just kind of, like, watch from afar, mm -hmm. do social. That's the weird thing about social. You can, it's like legal stalking like you know people but you don't know people yeah uh-huh yeah it's strange times but obviously i don't know how long ago it was i did stop in at the last facility uh -huh. right before moving or before you guys moved to this grand place yes yeah so you've gone through quite like the journey through fitness and health and, mm -hmm. and all this stuff i actually feel like um, I'm really in line with like your energy when it comes to the fitness space. I see your stuff online yeah. in the legal social media stalking way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels aligned. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm very hippie. And uh -huh. when I walked in, you're like, you're barefoot. And oh, like okay. I saw you invited your client to also be barefoot. And it's yes. like, that's just all rad. Mm -hmm. So let's go back because like in the beginning, you were very like. Things um, have changed. Yeah, like very like fitness model, yep. um, that bodybuilder. Uh, well, realm. how about I'm going to take it way back? Take me to the beginning. Way back. Please. So it's really interesting. And I could even take it even way back further, but I'll, I'll start where I'm going to start right now, which is uh, um, yeah, my interest in fitness. Fitness was for me, I had a really rough time growing up. So there's a lot of history there, which we can talk about or not talk about. Whatever but, you prefer. I mean, well, I'll start here and then we'll see what comes up. Okay. But yeah. Uh, uh, you know, for me, I would sneak out of the house when I was in high school and I would go to 24 hour fitness as a member at the time. Yeah. It was open 24 hours. It was safe. It was indoors. And I would work out with my boyfriend. Okay. And so that's kind of how it started. Yeah. Is I would go to the gym and it would be 24 hour fitness. I started there, that location on Zumbel, mm -hmm. right when they opened, um, I got my membership and even before then I, I did some stuff with new lady fitness and, and yeah. whatnot, but, um, and I can remember back when I was a little kid being babysat, I don't even know how old, but I remember, I mean, it was an age I had to be babysat and I can remember being in the basement of my babysitter's house, um, walking on the treadmill, watching Sleeping Beauty. Oh, really? And then getting on her little ab cruncher, her little ab That's wheel. That's so cool. Sorry, I got a, something in my eyeball, but, um. Yeah, so it's like I always did the working out thing. It's something that I did. And then um, I fell into personal training accidentally. Yeah, um, how so? And here's how it happened. I was um, a cheerleader for eight years. I ran track. And I saw fitness. Um, uh, gosh, it, it wasn't figure at the time. It was fitness uh, competitors, fitness athletes. So those are the women doing the two minute routines. Okay. And it's and demonstrating strength, flexibility, and endurance. Right. It's like the complete package. Yeah. So that's actually what I first did. Um, I first got me interested in the whole fitness model thing. So okay. I thought I want to do one of those shows. So I was already at 24 hour fitness and I thought I'm going to get a personal trainer, uh -huh. but it was expensive. How old were you at this time? Oh, I got my personal trainer in 2002. I was a senior in high school. Okay. So I was a senior in high school. I got a personal trainer. It was a gift from my parents for Christmas, five sessions. And they're like, she's going to go, she'll use those sessions, you know, a session a month. This will last her five months. And I don't know if you've been <laughs> in the personal training world. That's, that ain't how it goes. No, it's not how so it I works. So I go in and I come home and I'm like, they want to see me like twice a week. And they're like, this, what, you're going to have to figure out how to pay for that. Yeah. So I, um, at the time I thought I wanted to go into occupational therapy with pediatrics. So I, um, I thought, well, I can get a job at the kids club at the gym and that's with, you know, that's with kids. It's I can, fitness put, related I can, and well, and, and with the occupational the therapy yeah. thing with my direction at the time, that'll, I can word that on my resume. Okay. So I get a job there, which gave me a free membership and discounted training. Yeah. 
Okay. That's a win-win right That's there. That's right. So I made the training happen. I competed in my first, my first competition was the Caveman Classic. Okay. Way back in the day. And it was bodybuilding. I was a light, lightweight bodybuilder. Was that here in the city? It was in the area. Okay. Uh-huh. This is a show that used to be uh, held in a cave. Oh, really? And when I did it, it wasn't in the cave. And actually it ended up ending a couple of years after that. And then um, I fell in love with it. I loved competing. And because I was training for the show, I was working in the kids club of 24 Hour Fitness. And, uh, you know, I'm nervous. So if I start to like ramble, you, you help me out and like get me back on track. No, we're on track. We're um, good. So I was working in the kids club yeah. and, uh, one of the women that worked there at the front desk said, I want to move you to the front desk. You're good with people. Mm-hmm. So I got a job at the front desk. They just shifted me over. I'm, I'm prepping for show. I'm starving. I'm eating my ice chips cause I'm so hungry. Yeah. I'm greeting the people. I'm getting hangry. Ah, and then the, the fitness manager says, I think you'd make a great trainer get certified, I'll hire you. Oh. So I literally fell into yeah. the personal training world. It's like, hey, you should do this. But it was the right world for me. So mm-hmm. so I became a personal trainer. I loved it. And I was very interested in physique and bodybuilding. Yeah. And that was my thing. Um, and this was back in the day when, in my opinion, I would see the strategies being used in the industry were really damaging um, to How people. So? Unhealthy, right? Oh, yeah. So my first... Oh, that's interesting. So actually, I guess I did have a, a different trainer I worked with for a period of time. Uh, and this particular trainer, it was very standard back then. It was 1,000 calories, two hours of cardio a day, oh. and an hour practicing my routine, that's and a job standing, walking around, yeah. and low carb. That doesn't sound very sustainable. No, and that was pretty common back in the day. That would be a pretty standard, you know, prepping for a show program. Yeah. I just knew it didn't align with everything I learned in how to be a personal trainer and get people to lose weight. So, um, that was challenging. (laughs) And so I knew, I I thought, well, there's gotta be a healthy way to do this, a better way. And so I found that way. And and luckily I had clients that, um, they were willing to let me practice with them in a way they trusted me. And then I prepped people for show and it went great and and off it went. It's all experiment though. I mean, Mm -hmm. each individual client's going to be different, right? Everyone's different. And there is a science to that even. Um, although not every trainer, utilizes that you know if everything is cookie cutter or you know whatever it is yeah that's the challenge of mm-hmm. the industry yeah yeah yep so um so that was kind of you know I was personal training and and I kind of became known as a, a, a competition coach yeah and that was the trainer I was for a long time and, the, and you the, say you did that for oh uh, so I competed for 10 years personally okay and I probably I mean I still prep people people for competitions it's just I don't advertise it now it's not I'm good at it, but it's not my niche not your or my preference. Yeah. Although it's, I'm skilled at it, and, and I love taking care of those people that are still under my wing. Yeah. Um, if that kind of makes sense. Well, I mean, if they're going to do it, I mean, it's, it's good to do it with somebody who actually cares and is knowledgeable. Because yeah. you probably bring a different skill set now, so that way it's even more effective. Yeah, I would say yes. Um, and back in the day, I cared about the same thing I care about now, which is, overcoming challenges and um, being committed and dedicated and demonstrating the human power, our, our human potential, right? Yeah. You see people that do these amazing things and that's what we can do. And so to, to show people what they're capable of and then the empowering experience of, of doing it and then looking back and saying like, oh man, like I did that. Yeah. And so I could coach people in an experience like that. Yeah. And, um, and that's something I loved about it. But at some point I... Um, was training that way. I had a ton of muscle. I don't know if you remember, like, I, I remember that was the pictures. me. I know that was me. Yeah. You were ripped out. Mm-hmm. You had the spray on tan and That's everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, um, 
yeah, you know, it, it was a gradual transition that happened. Um, and it began with me taking yoga at Jane's House of Wellbeing, which is an old St. Charles by Lindenwood. Okay. And yoga uh, changed things for me. My body, I mean, I was someone who was strong and capable and I knew good form and alignment. Yeah. Um, but I had various, you know, um, back injury and pain and yoga was the thing that allowed me to listen to my body instead of only pushing it right and to work what we call the middle way between effort and ease so let me begin to inquire into a movement does it feel stable and is it painful oh it's painful let me make an adjustment oh the pain's gone let me maybe keep going so it brought my attention inward to to kind of listen to the wisdom of the body yes instead of let me just force this body to you know do do what I want it to do yeah and um and that was new because I was an athlete I was a competitor and it was all about it, it was force yeah. aggressive in yeah, a way just push through push through and, yeah. and that is I mean it is important we have to be able to um come to an obstacle touch let life touch us because we can't make everything you know this perfect little box we have to approach life that doesn't meet our expectations and be able to stand right you know, not get run over yeah 100 percent. like you mm-hmm. want to because so the mind is a tricky thing yeah because like you'll, you'll meet resistance or an obstacle or if you're like physically you're pushing through something mm-hmm. your mind will be like why are you doing this you need yep. to stop right now we're yeah. about to die yeah but it's you have to like have that that understanding like being able to like be in touch with yourself and yep. listen to yourself it's like okay like am I really about to die yeah am I just tired like is yeah. this an area of opportunity where I can grow or like am I really injured you know what I mean like yeah growing up playing sports my coaches or they would always say like are you injured or, or are you hurt like because uh-huh. there's a big difference there is and people don't know that difference in themselves right mm-hmm. yeah so learning to listen to the body yeah that's like the number one thing mm-hmm. I feel like uh you can teach somebody. Yeah, and I in my yoga classes, when I teach um, my students, I tell them, you know, yoga is so, well, first of all, you mentioned mind, and that's a big thing because everything is rooted in the mind. Yes. And when we become present, we can turn inward to not only feel, you know, physical sensation, um, but to feel emotions as they arise, and, and how does that feel, and to see the patterns of the thought. And if we can pause, we can, we can allow the mind to, we can see the thoughts that are arising without attaching to them to yes. take an action or inaction. And so when I have people in class, I say, okay, let me put you in a posture where you begin to meet effort. Am I talking too fast? I'm getting no, excited. You're, you're doing great, Nicole. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I love scary. it. This is great. Um, okay. So I'll put him in a posture and it'll be difficult. And I'll say, okay, turn inward to see yourself. And I don't know what their internal experience is, but it's my job to support them in their self-discovery. Yes. So I say, you could, you could have these experiences or any, anything that I don't describe, but we have two things that happen. One, I see people who have a tendency to do the push against, to let me fight my body despite warning signs. Yeah. And this is what we call a crime against wisdom. It's not wise yeah, not to listening. do this. Yeah, yeah. you just, I'm going to do And then anyway. you have people that life begins to touch them or, or stress in the posture. Yeah. Um, begins to, to come at them and they're like, oh, God, let me get out of that. Yeah. And it's not that either is right or wrong, but we, um, if we can turn inward to start to see our tendencies, this is where growth happens. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if that, you, you got to know what your natural tendency is yeah. to, to, to address it. To see it. yourself. Yeah. 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 So yoga was that beginning of a yeah so I started to take yoga it was an experience I hadn't had before which was truly lis- listening checking in instead of just this driving um, how long were you in your fitness journey at this point this is is this post 24 hours well fit? I became a trainer in 2005 okay 
And I don't remember when I started taking yoga, but I got certified in 2012. Okay. So. So you've been doing yoga, I mean, teaching for seven years now. Well, actually, in the same way that I'm petrified right now, <laughs> because people will watch this, I didn't teach for the first five years I was certified. Really? Because I was really afraid of having a lot of people in a class in yeah. front of me. It's different one-on-one. Yeah. It's like the, is it like the confidence thing? Of I'm petrified. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> it makes me get, like, really nauseous. Yeah. You're such a fantastic trainer too thank you yeah, well, so yeah it's kind I, I bet that's probably actually reassuring for people to hear like oh Nicole's just human yeah like <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah so, is it weird to see like 24-hour fitness is gone and it's just like Gold's gym now um you know it's interesting because 24-hour fitness was a huge part of my life so remember yeah. it's the place I snuck out of high school to go to right. it was my how I got into personal training yeah um I worked there for five and a half years yeah and not that's not counting the time I worked out there um and so then when I left 24-hour fitness to just train out not there yeah um I thought I would miss it there was no turning back no yeah like the 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 day of it being my last day, I thought this is going to be really hard yeah. to leave. And um, and then when leaving happened, I was like, oh, here, the, here's all the good things. And Super this liberating. Is, yeah. And so actually, you know, it's cathartic in a sense, but I don't think about 24-hour fitness or, yeah. you know, any of that. Yeah. I don't really think of Sometimes, like, I'm not in the St. Charles area a ton, but if I ever, like, drive by where that location used to be and I see Golds, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Golds now. That like, is, yeah. They all got yeah. bought out. It kind of makes me feel like oh, I'm getting older. And now I'm like, oh, back in the day, this Gold's was a 24-hour fitness. <laughs> and like, how many more things is there going to be like that, yeah, you know? Yeah. 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 So the transition happened. So you, you started taking yoga. Um, mm -hmm. Where did that lead you to? So then I, um, I got certified and I began to, you know, it's hard to say. I haven't thought about kind of how it all happened really. Yeah. But, um, what was like the next interest for you? I mean, or it's yoga now. Yeah, is what it is, and well, so. Well, I mean, like you went from like that bodybuilder mm -hmm. um, fitness well, model to a very like holistic approach. It seems. Yeah, like. I think it was really gradual, and I, you know what? If I in this moment kind of just piece together what it could be, because I haven't thought about yeah, it. Yeah, that's cool. It kind of feels like what I've learned through all of my yoga training um, is the turning inward yeah. to see what's real. And I think that when we do that, we have to get really honest. Yeah. And I, I know that I started to realize, oh, I'm doing things that hurt me. This is stupid. Yeah. Or, um, oh, I can see that the driving thing behind this is not um, a whole feeling inside. There's a need for validation or to prove myself or yeah. whatever. And um, I'm, I think I'm more than that inside. Yeah. And so I think I just gradually started to turn inward to myself, um, see what felt appropriate, right, and um, as my teacher says, we adapt um, and transcend. So it's, it's kind of like um, you take an action, as yeah. I teach my students, you take an action, you get present to be real and honest about the result, yeah. and then you keep what's right and works, and you get rid of what doesn't. Yeah. And I think that has, that's all of life, right? And I think it's been a gradual evolution like that to yeah. do something, keep what works. And so ultimately I realized, oh, I don't want to take as many competitor clients. I just stopped advertising about it. Yeah. And I still like, I have a client competing at the gateway soon in a couple weeks, you yeah. know, so you know, up I still do that. And, and I've got clients that I've brought all the way to the Yorton and pro and, you know, I, I I'm good at that and yeah. I love it. Um, but it's a different, it, it, it's, I like to 
support people on the type of journey that I have feel like I have valued, uh, uh, excuse me, benefited from. So yeah. what I try to do now is help people to become their own teachers to, to, okay, let me support you in your goals. Um, but let me teach you to turn inward and see what's driving this need. Can yeah. we make something a little more stable inside for you? Does that make sense? Kind One, of 100%. Okay. Yeah. That self, that inward self exploration is so important. Mm-hmm. And to be able to like, like say turn inward and to like ask yourself the hard questions or, you know, like, why am I feeling that way? Or like, why did I have that thought? Or just to have the understanding that like your thoughts and your feelings like aren't you. Right. You know what I mean? Because they're not. They're not you. Mm -hmm. They're just there. Yeah. Automatic. And you can, you can choose to like acknowledge that or not. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's good to like have that practice to turn inward and to really like connect with yourself. And that's some of the hardest work. It is the hardest work. The physical work is actually pretty easy but like when you like turn inward to self like that's Mm -hmm. a whole journey of exploration which I found a lot of people aren't even quite ready for sometimes Um, I was actually, do you ever do like any like float, like float tank or anything like that? That is so funny. My last client I had while you were down here with Nick, um, we were talking about float tank. I haven't, I got a gift receipt to do it and I never went. I got real busy. Uh, what I do, but I want to. Life of a business owner. I know. But um, have you? I have. I've done a couple. Um, And it took me, so the first time I realized it took me a little bit to actually relax my head. Uh I feel like I was holding up my head too much. Mm -hmm. And then like you get in there and you start relaxing. The first time was in the pod and then I went back for a second time. My girlfriend bought me like a Groupon. Uh And I went back the second time and it was like actually like in a room, like a big like king size. And that was cool. You kind of bump to the wall sometimes. Mm -hmm. But um I really, I personally like quiet time to where I can just be with my thoughts and reflect and mm-hmm. like you get all that Epsom salt, which is great for your muscles. The main reason I went back the second time is because like I straight, like I pulled something in my back or something. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my God, I need, I need this Epsom salt. I need to uh-huh. relax. But um, man, it's, it's definitely something I could see myself doing more regular mm-hmm. um, just to have that quiet time and it's dark and mm-hmm. it's like, it's just you and your thoughts. And you come out so rejuvenated and rested. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Now, I was talking to somebody, and it blew me away because they're like, why would you want to be alone just in the dark? You're not doing anything? I'm like, what do you – like, there's a lot of work being done right uh-huh. there. But I realize that some people are afraid to be with their own self. It's difficult because um, what we want to think is that everything – well – I get, I can't, I don't know people's individual experiences. We're all unique, but, um, I would, I would say a human tendency is to, and our culture, it's all about do. So we live in a culture of accomplish and do and keep moving and efficiency and productivity year after year. Yeah. And you know, what I relate it to is there, um, rest is needed and that's seen in every natural rhythm. So we can't only stay awake. Right. We have to sleep. You have to. It's We can't only inhale. You have to exhale. (laughs) You have to exhale. We can't only take in food. We have to excrete. Right. Um, And so we forget that there's offloading that happens in the, that other part of the cycle. Yes. So there's, it's, it's. Um, to take something in, to take action, yes. to digest, and then to get rid of what isn't needed so that we can adapt and transcend. And I think what people don't do is um, sit in the quiet time, the not taking action, because it maybe feels uncomfortable. Um, we have to, if you've ever, ever heard people talk about, you know, meditation, sometimes 
people think it's about relaxation, but it's actually about deep focus. Right. And so, um, and we get to tap in sometimes to what's, what's in the subconscious, you know, coming right. down to be seen and it's not beautiful and pretty all the time. We right. have to see the shit. And, uh, yeah. and maybe we don't like the feeling of that shit. Yeah, some people don't like it. You know, to meditation's point, like you, you hear some people, they'll say, um, like, I don't think I'm doing it right. I hear that all the time. Yeah, right. Like, I don't think I'm doing it right. Or I can't sit there for that long. Or, yeah. you know, my mind wanders. But, like, that is, those are the reps. Like, when your mind mm -hmm. wanders and you bring it back to focus. It and is, And then yeah. now you're in the present. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. that, those are the reps. You are yep. doing it right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What I tell people, and it's not from me. This comes from the dude that has the Headspace app. Um, yeah. One of his videos. And it, it, I love it. So people think they're supposed to quiet their mind. The mind is supposed to have information that's, you know, being processed and yeah. it's taking in information, it's processing. And, um, and so what he talks about in, in Headspace, which is so good, is that if our mind um, is like a highway with cars just zooming by, zooming by, zooming by, yeah. our attention, which is what we are, we're awareness. We are the one that is behind the, we're the observer. We can see the thoughts that arise. We can feel the physical sensation of the body. We can um, feel emotion as it arises. So uh, since we're awareness, we um, should we see the thoughts, but we're not the thoughts. The thoughts are a separate thing. And right. so what he says is, let's pretend that the highway is the mind and the racing thoughts. And us, the awareness, we're a puppy on the side of the road, right? And yeah. so the puppy might say, oh, blue car. Like, let me go yeah, get it. And we'll then chase sit it. down and like, oh, red car. Oh, ball, right? And, and that's what we tend to do where we just, um, we get taken yeah. by the thoughts. Um, but what, it, what the work is, is to let the puppy sit on the side of the road to see that, oh, thoughts are racing, but I don't have to, I don't have to follow that. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. And yeah. so all the time people say, I'm not doing it right because the thoughts are there. But the fact that they see the thoughts means that they're taking a step to become present. Right. Because they happen all day long, but Constantly. maybe that doggy didn't notice that they, they were chasing the whole time. And yeah. as soon as they wake up to see like, ah, there I go. I followed those thoughts. Let me come back and settle. Right. They're doing the work. Right. So. Yeah. So do you, is, is meditation a part of like your regular, like, do you do it daily or? Well, so, huh. Or so in the same like way that, in the same way that I tell my clients <laughs> they need to get their workouts in every day. Um, I had stints of getting my meditation in every day. Yeah. Um, and stints of not. Right. Yeah. I'm human. We're and all human. Mm -hmm, I think about it every day, yeah. which isn't doing it. No, it's, it's, it's hard to just like slow down and yeah. sit with yourself. It um, is, yeah. I found like it's, it's easier to find that, that quiet time for me in the morning. Mm -hmm. But on that same note, sometimes I'm like, man, there's just so much to do. And like, I'm just on charge in the morning. Yeah. And then like, oh man, maybe the evening would be better. But then you get so tired and then you find yourself falling dude, asleep during meditation. Dude, <laughs> this is, so I know, I know that what, the, what is said in the tradition is that um, the best time to do yoga is like between 4 and 6 a.m. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, meditation. Yeah. And so, you know, have you ever heard the phrase? What's the phrase? Um, uh, perfection or don't let great be the enemy of good or. Oh, yeah. Great's like. Yeah, is it's it <laughs> Grayson? I always say progress over perfection. That's the other one. Yeah. So, so here's what I do to myself. So here's me observing my nature. Ah, four to six, best time. That's the time I'm gonna do it. Yeah, no other 4 time. Four a.m. God, I'm tired. I'll just hit snooze. I'll do it at lunchtime when I get home, right? Yeah. And then lunchtime comes. Oh, my stomach's full. That's not a good time to meditate. Oh yeah. When my stomach's full, I'll just wait. Maybe I'll wait until I get home tonight, <laughs> and then yeah, that's how I miss it. it. But yeah. in the times that I have made it happen, um, I, I feel a profound shift in, 
every experience I can have at yeah. all of my moments of the day. Do you meditate all the time? Um, I don't do it all the time. I'm kind of the same way as yeah. you. Like I'll take, I'll do things to where like, for example, like I'll pull up here and like I'll, I'll take a minute and do like five breaths mm -hmm. and just like take a second. But I am a very um, contemplative person, meaning mm -hmm. like I have no problem like sitting in quiet and deep thought. Mm -hmm. But that can also be like a bad thing too because you, you pick the wrong fucking thought and now I'm like ruminating uh -huh. on this thing mm -hmm. and it's just like, oh. Oh, that can be terrible. And on that note, I would say while I don't um, always take time to sit in meditation, that that um, coming to, to awareness or present moment is a part of my everyday life as yeah. much as I can remember it. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I've done it a few times here as I, I catch myself, like, in the frenzy of my human nature of, like, fuck. Yeah. It's okay. Let me relax my body and see yeah. where my breath is and see what's happening in the mind and, you know, get a little present. So that that happens to me all day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's at least that happening. When you're teaching, I'm sure there's probably like moments. Um, mm -hmm. I found for me, jujitsu is very meditative. I really yeah. like, like the move, moving meditative type things uh -huh. um, because I can find that flow state. And then I can just I can just do without thinking. Speaking of flow state, have you read Rise of Superman? Yep. It's so good. So good. I know, I oh, know, such I know. a good book. Yep, that's awesome. I, I was just talking about flow state this last hour too. That's hilarious. There's another book that they wrote. Um, Stephen Kotler, that is. Um, mm -hmm. Is Rise of Superman, and then um, oh shit, I'd have to look on my phone to get it. I can't. It's gonna bother me. Who's the author? I want to say Stephen. I think it's Stephen Kotler mm -hmm. is who wrote that, The Rise of Superman. But he wrote a follow-up to uh -huh. that, and oh, Stealing Fire. I don't know that one. Yeah, it's also about flow state, and cool. it's just kind of like the next progression to the to the cool. rise of Superman. Really good book, but yeah, yep. flow state's where it's at. I used to think with fighting that I was an adrenaline junkie. I'm like, oh man, I love the adrenaline, like because you get the high after you uh -huh. win, and that feels good. But I quickly realized, or not quickly, I guess I realized it after the fact that I'm an, I'm a flow junkie. Uh -huh. I just love being in that state where everything's clicking. Mm -hmm. You're very present, and it's like you're not even thinking; you're just doing. It's a very good feeling, and then uh -huh. you get the stress of endorphin, endorphins when like when you're out of that flow state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, we had to. That was part of the curriculum. So I'm a. Uh, I'm a yoga therapist. I'm almost a yoga therapist. I'm finishing up my practicum, um, but it's been five years and a thousand hours of yoga teacher oh, training wow. now through um, that has now come through a place called the Circle Yoga Shala, which is in Arkansas. If you ever see my pictures on like a, far a hippie farm, in yeah, see, <laughs> that's what everyone calls it. It looks so rad. I love it there. Um, but uh, that's where my training to that level has come through, but that was part of our required reading. Was it? It was Rise of Superman in my 500-hour and then Flow by um, Mihaila Chikset-Mihai. Oh, Chikset-Mihai. Yeah, yeah. I don't good know book. how to say it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's like Mihai, Chikset-Mihai. That sounds right. I think I feel that's like, right. It's a good like book. I read right that on. one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, dove, I dove deep in the flow. Mm -hmm. I fucking, I love, because like, I'm just, I'm just so obsessed with like the mind mm -hmm. and like the body and like the mind-body connection, but specifically the mind, like the potential and the power that it has. Yep. Because it's it's our greatest asset, but it can also be like your greatest hindrance, mm -hmm. and you have to really figure out how to overcome it and like how to tap into it so you can harness like your true potential. Um, have you read? It's a Navy Seal. Can't hurt me. Oh yeah, David Goggins. Yeah, have you? Oh yeah. So to talk, so it's interesting because you know I'm talking about trying to find a middle way between effort and ease. Don't do damage to the body. Listen to what is oh, yeah. breaking you. Um, but I do find it fascinating. That's a whole different realm. To I mean, 
Yeah. I would, I personally wouldn't make those choices or recommend those to my clients. Yeah, he's done some crazy shit. <laughs> some super crazy <laughs> shit, <laughs> right? Which I think at the end of his book, he begins to talk about like, oh, I should have been stretching and I should have been yeah. maybe listening to these things. Yep. Um, but either way, it shows this potential to override the, the machine or the mechanism that says I'm, I'm in harm's way, I'm getting hurt. And that the mind when going the other way of like, let me keep going anyways. Yeah. If it, if it's decided upon, we can do that. Yes. Like we can, we can do that. Right. Yeah. The fact that he's, what was he going into like some type of, um, almost kidney failure or something. It was yeah. peeing blood and yeah, he was broken like leg. Running a hundred miles and his, right. I think in buds, his legs were completely shattered. He like yes. duct taped them. Yeah. Like his shins. So it's, it's possible to do that. Whoa, right? So Blows and then so sometimes when I when, when I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing cardio, I'm like, oh, channel David Goggins. If yeah. he can do that, like I can get Stay my cardio hard, in. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I like Goggins. Do you um do you uh have you studied anything about like Wim Hof or anything as far as like the breath work and no, the No, we study um breath a lot in our yoga training, and so I do feel that there's probably some um some overlap. It's just in different terminology. Yeah. So like in yoga it's called pranayama and there's all these ways of doing breath work that yeah. have different impact on the nervous system or um mental state mm-hmm. or to be heat you know, cause heat or right. to rest, you know, all of this. So yeah. um and uh, different things that can help with, uh, you know, your oxygen saturation by working with breath holds for uh, accumulation of carbon dioxide in the body. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what Wim Hof says. He's like hyperoxygenization, oxygen, oxygen, I'm not saying that I right. got you. you oxygenation? Oxygenization, yeah. It's sounding real weird now. The word, yeah, the word, the word's just not coming to That's me. That's okay. The, but you know what I'm saying, like, um, and it's Is like, it by holding your breath? Yeah, he does like this hyperventilating and then like he'll hold uh-huh. your breath at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um. Yes, that I so I don't know it in the lens of Wim Hof, yeah. but I'm familiar. Have you ever tried that stuff? I have done that. Yeah, it's terrible, br- terrible feeling. Breath work is some is some crazy stuff. Like what yeah, you can do and how really like you can really change your state just mm-hmm. by breathing. Mm-hmm. It can be pretty powerful. And what really struck me, like really struck a chord with me, especially like with the Wim Hof method in particular, was he was doing some things like he is um, he's uh, causing like an he can. Uh, what the fuck? He can manipulate his autoimmune response. Mm-hmm. So, like, they injected him with something that would have made him sick. And, like, through his breathing technique, he suppressed that. Wow. And he's taught other people so to prove, like, it wasn't just him doing it. Like, he's taught students who also did that same thing. So it was just like, man, it's just what you can do physically just through the power of breath. Yeah. It's just so powerful. Like, I mean, that's just, like, the mind, like, connecting to things and, like, using I think it's really important to work with the breath and part of the, well, a thing I've heard before and it's amazing is that, you know, one day we're going to die and when all the, when all of it goes to shit, um, we'll have one thing as long as we're living and it's our breath and our attention. And so if we can work with our breath, we can do a lot with ourselves Yeah. just through breath. So when I have um, students in yoga, if, they're, if they came to class and maybe they're dealing with an injury or a problem, I say, well, if, if it goes to shit, yeah. you have your breath and your attention, your awareness. Right. So work with your breath. Yeah. Pay attention. See what happens. And that can be enough sometimes. It's, it's absolutely enough. And I think, um, I think that... 
I think I know that as far as, you know how you can know something as knowledge in the head and then not experience it to know it in the heart? Yes. I know it and I believe it in my head. I can't say that I've personally taken all action to experience it to the depth that I know that it can um, be experienced. So I know people who do very extreme things with the breath and they are, you know, yogis and, yeah. and all that. So, so I can't say I've done it, but I believe it. Yeah. You know? I really want to try, um, Kudalini yoga. Yeah. I, I, from my understanding, you can, um, experience some very like heightened senses of like consciousness mm-hmm. through like breath manipulation. And I'm very interested in trying that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it can take a lot of work though, but it just seems very fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's probably a whole different discussion. Yeah, for uh, sure. For sure. I <laughs> believe in the kundalini. I believe in the subtle energy body um, or yeah. the subtle energy within the body and the subtle energy body. Um, What's the difference? Well, so subtle energy is going to be like your chakra system. So you have um, this channel of energy okay. in the center, center line of the body. Um, so have you heard of chakras? Yep. So the idea is there's a center channel called the shushumna, and then there's the ida and the pingala, which are the feminine and masculine, and they do this. Um, and where they cross is where the chakras are oriented, uh, which okay. in our actual physical body is where um, the uh, nerve uh, nerve bundles are. Yeah. And then, um, so that's the channel I'm talking about. Okay. And then we have an energy body through the lens of yoga. There's Got five it. bodies. So it's called, um, they're called koshas. The, okay. The, uh, five koshas, there's another word in there. But yeah, so we have like a physical body and a bliss body and um, breath body. Okay. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Intellect for something. I know I'm feeling nervous now. (laughs) (laughs) But there's five koshas or five sheaths of body um, with uh, something subtle being part of it, the energy within the body. Yeah. So it seems like the fitness space is really like returning back to nature. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're as, yeah, absolutely. I'm barefoot yeah. all the That's fucking right. time. I, it's, it's very hard. Like you're, you're, you're gonna be hard pressed to not find me in like these barefoot sandals or I just don't wear shoes. Yeah. Or just be completely barefoot. Yep. Like I'm always, always mm-hmm. barefoot. I actually broke my pinky toe, um, doing jujitsu a couple weeks ago, which is par for the course. I do it all the time, but it's like, I couldn't wear shoes. Like it just, it hurt. Like mm-hmm. I have barefoot shoes by B- Vivo barefoot, but even that yeah. toe box wasn't wide enough. Yep. So like I'm rocking these zero sandals right now and yeah they're cool they work well that's what um i tore my achilles tendon completely i don't know if it was four years ago now five years ago maybe um and that when i when i did that tear i couldn't wear shoes yeah and then what ended up happening is i've actually got i'll show you this like massive adhesion in the back oh, see how shit, it, yeah. it does that thing see, right there yeah see that so there. and then see this little ball yeah what so is that it's a big thing of like scar tissue mm. and um it's around a suture and i had a second one like that and the second one when i would wear a shoe it would get hit and it would send just a like a, a shooting pain that would buckle me no so i got that one removed and then that second one there if i wear shoes it wears that skin and i like blister and have pain yeah so it actually ended up that i started my barefoot stuff out of necessity yeah like, well my name's on the building and i don't have to put shoes on if i don't want to That's so the move. let me That's go barefoot yeah um and then i got interested you know because my teacher one of my teachers at the shala um he does everything barefoot and there's a big culture around um being barefoot there yeah and so i started to learn about it through my training and that it's really wise to not wear shoes yeah for various reasons um and then have you heard of katie bowman Mm-mm. So she's a biomechanist and she teaches a lot about barefoot, being okay. barefoot and um, just biomechanics in general and seeing um, a body um, 
instead of thinking that a body needs to exercise, that it needs to move. Right. In all different ways. Movement is medicine. She's got a book called Move Your DNA, which is really good. But so I started to get some, some head knowledge about it. And then my experience was, ah, I had had like plantar fasciitis and Mm -hmm. that was kind of clearing up. I've had a bunion on this toe since high school and I'd have terrible pain in that joint and that started to go away. And so then, um, kind of how I talked about head knowledge, you know, experience knowledge earlier, um, you know, I had been learning about it through my training and then it was being validated through experience. Like, oh, I feel really good when I don't wear shoes. Yeah. And then I, and if I put shoes on, I hate it. Yeah. I just, I just don't like it. Um, I almost, it's probably pretty extreme. I, I, I take things to an extreme in my mind. Like if I don't want to eat something, I'll just like, that's not food. Like I'll look at it like it's not food. So like yeah. shoes, I just think of shoes as like Chinese foot binding. Foot prisons. That's, that's what I call yeah, them. Yeah, man. They're, they're casts. Like yeah, they are. for some reason, I don't, the traditional like healthcare realm is just like fucked up. Mm-hmm. big time yeah and like we're all from the, from the time i can remember like whenever i had my kids like they tell people to put shoes on babies as early as possible it's like why would you do that you're, you're hindering the development of the muscle in the foot you're putting the cast on the foot elevating the heel right mm-hmm. so now you're in this constant sort of like flexion mm-hmm. and it's yep. going it's going to decrease your range of motion in your I do ankle a, i do a whole barefoot workshop on all of that yeah. stuff and it's a chain right it goes all the way up the yep. all the way up the body and mm-hmm. then you're just fucked yep absolutely and it's like you're not given you add orthotics in the situation like you're just you're just not given the the foot like you think you're giving it stability but you're mm-hmm. not really giving it what it needs it needs to work to so, be strong so it's interesting because we um, we have a culture that's being trained to be instantly gratified. Yes. Like this, right? And so there are, you know, people, we end up putting shoes on babies and ultimately maybe an adult finds out that they realize it might be a good idea to start to not wear shoes or work toward barefoot. Yeah. And if they do it too fast, because that's our culture, they get, get hurt. hurt. Yep. And people are not so much interested in taking the, the slow way. I mean, it, it takes, if I have clients that want to do barefoot, I say a year, like work a on it for time. a year, yeah. maybe two years, um, in order to not get injured or hurt. Yeah. And, um, and that doesn't, people aren't too excited about yeah, that. Physiological changes take a long time, yep. especially if you're changing like ligament and tendon, right? I mean, yeah. that mm-hmm. takes a it's long fascia. So yeah. fascia is elastic and plastic and viscous. It takes a long time to change. It really does. Mm-hmm. It really, really does. That was a big thing with like, uh, um, Vibram, those five fingers. I wore those. Out. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. used to have a pair, and yeah, um, so many people just started, like, wearing those and started running and, like, hurting their feet. Yeah, and so and uh, there was a lawsuit against them that I heard what they lost, Yeah, and people would cite that to me. Oh, that's not good for you, but that's the problem, and I tell my clients, would you, like, if I gave you just a five-pound weight, just a five-pound weight, and I said, hold this for 10 hours, just like this. Yeah. This sounds unreal. Like, this is unreasonable. This would not be okay. You'd be hurt. Yeah. Well, now take your whole body weight and shove it on a, an arch that's not accustomed to, you know, staying like this, and you're going to get hurt. Yeah, assuming you have an arch if it assuming has a Assuming that. Well, yeah, because it's muscle under there. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, if, you know, it, you have a muscle, like, your halicus longus, right? And so it makes the arch right there. Yeah. If I'm right, someone will have to, like, go Google that and yell at me if it's wrong. <laughs> but, um, and so, like, if you had a support, there's no muscle that knows how to engage gauge right so it's just gonna flatten out it doesn't know how to work yeah right no atrophy yeah can you rebuild that arch like once absolutely can i show you something am i allowed to stand up well yeah let's do it okay watch it's a whole alignment thing 
so I have mosquito bites. I've been like scratching all over my feet. Don't this worry is Nicole, full real life. Um, so like a very common thing in people is for their feet to be something like this, and they've got knee valgus happening. So yep. this looks like I don't have arches, right? Like just right now. I yeah. mean, I have pretty good arches. So yeah, you have but good. It, but, but I, I see what you're but, doing. Right. So I tell my clients like, okay, first let's get your feet to neutral. So we align the outer edges of the feet, and now let's let's engage this outer hip a little, and then watch my arch. Oh, oh, I have an arch. Yeah. Like, I didn't do anything to my foot in this moment. Mm. I I engaged the spirals of the leg the way they're supposed to happen. Right. So, yeah. yes. And I and we do that. That's a I thing I think that what happens. you said was really important. Like, you aligned the outside of your foot. Like, your pinky toes are going straight. Yeah. So, the Which what is called the outer edge of the foot. It's yeah. the base of the pinky toe. And then if you look, there's another mosquito bite. Here's the bone. So it's this part right here. Yeah. Should align parallel to each other. Right. And people shouldn't force that all of a sudden. If they if they do that too hard, that torsion force on the knee is going to get them hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so we listen to our body and we go the middle way between effort and ease and we begin to make progress. Yeah. Just yeah. slow incremental changes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Over time. Yep. It's okay. I'm talking a lot. Should you be talking some? This is your show right now. <laughs> I'm here to highlight you. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, I just I try to keep this extremely conversational, oh. and then um, I, I talk a just, lot when just I get allow nervous. my guests to shine. Just mm. do do your thing. Okay. Um, and I'm loving this conversation because cool. I'm I'm a fucking hippie at heart, and like yeah. I, I just try to take it back to nature, man. And um, so my girlfriend and I we just got this house and remodeling it, and like it's probably I told her I want to get some chickens, so I can. <laughs> I have a lot of friends with chickens. Yeah, man, get mm-hmm. some eggs and like maybe have like a little farm and just like yep. not farm but like a little garden rather, and just like just keep it as natural as possible. Yeah. Um, because like I said, the return to nature, like I, you're barefoot all the time, so you're always grounding, right? Mm-hmm. So can you talk about some like the importance of grounding like i've heard stuff like to literally get on the earth and i believe that yeah yeah i believe that i feel the difference so i um i took a contract job and i was working in an office but every day and i was like the fucking weird i didn't fit in i don't fit in an office environment i just don't but i did it and i was like ah but i went every day for two 15 minute walks barefoot Nice. but like i'd be so tense and i'd be in there and like i go outside for a barefoot walk and i come back and i would feel relaxed yeah i'm like there's definitely something to this right and it's mm-hmm. like when people go to the beach all day and they're just so relaxed like you're grounding all day like you're just i think everything i mean everything's been ev- everything has evolved to this point to be symbiotic that there's relationship right so we we take things in and we offset other things and yeah. so i think we're supposed to be in relationship with nature 100%. and um do you know anything do you know anything about native planting versus non-native planting like literally landscape design or anything like that no explain so, so like, let me let me talk about this this is an interesting do. thing I, I i can't say i know a ton about but i am interested in and particip- participating in so we tend to get plants that are not native so they're not from this area since the last ice age yeah, we many? import them right and so and why so that they don't attract pests Okay, hmm. so now we're, we're all, we're stripping the land of its natural um, whatever, plants yeah. and stuff. And then we're, we're putting the other stuff in that doesn't attract insects. What's You're happening good. back so there? Somebody's telling me to turn because I'm, I'm oh. <laughs> And I'm moving a lot. You guys are going to hate this on the. It's fine. It's what he does. I'm good. It's his job. So, <laughs> so, Rick um, is the man. That's good. So we're, no. we're I, uh, you know, we're stripping it and then we put stuff on that insects don't partake in yeah and now well where are the insects 
insects supposed to go in? What do they feed? And what does the thing that eats that eat? And what does the thing that eats that eat? Yeah. And it's all jacked up, right? Yeah. And so how, like, are we going to keep doing that? And so the monarchs are a big thing that people talk about. Like, oh, the monarchs, Mm -hmm. like, they only can eat milkweed. Or have you heard about this? No. Okay. So, so, um, monarchs only eat milkweed, Okay. but it's like an ugly weedy looking plant to people. And in our, um, you know, it's not like this little yeah. pretty shrub. It's like really tall it's not and very big. Aesthetically and pleasing. Yeah. Um, but it's really, that's what they eat. Well, if they don't have what they eat, yeah, they're going to die off. Right. Yeah, we change the natural environment to fit our own superficial. Right. Needs often. And it's real bullshit. Yeah. So, and here's another interesting thing. Like uh, it. so, um, clover, clover helps to put nitrogen back into the soil. Back to the soil. And we used to have grass mixes that had clover in them. Okay. And now we don't. And then we yeah. have to go put chemical into it. What are we doing? Like, Monsanto. can we just, what? So at home, I got someone to help us do a native landscape um, design. Okay. So we had nothing in our backyard. So it's all native to the area. All native to the area. Uh, there's a few things that aren't because they're beautiful and I like them. I can dig it. Yeah. But uh, uh, middle way between effort and ease. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, and you know what? My backyard is so enjoyable. Yeah. All of these um, critters came in. You know, yeah. I watched the birds and the bunnies and the squirrels and there's dragonflies coming back there i like i don't have i thought those were like around ponds i don't yeah. have a pond i'm getting dragonflies back there and um what are these little guys oh They're hummingbirds real, yeah you know <laughs> i know what you meant <laughs> hummingbirds um i'm getting hummingbirds back there and it's so awesome so we're doing a native installment at, at the studio okay yeah nick mentioned that there was clover back here yeah and we got a clover mix in here and bring some trees in he said yeah and actually we're doing a whole um pollinator plot so okay. all back over there there's going to be um gra- native grasses and flowers and so it's yeah. for our pollinators yeah and um the shrubs and trees that will happen will have berries for the birds and yeah. just a back to nature thing right whole being whole and well yeah yeah, yeah. i mean we're just in such a society of, like you said, instant gratification. And why do we want to put ourselves in a box not being touched by anything? Right. Right? Like, I can walk on a piece of glass and not get cut because my foot was made to um, uh, adapt yeah. to have callus to no handle, handle the environment. And I cannot get cut by that because the callus is so yeah. thick. I can meet the world around me and not break. Yeah. And you or, learn how to use your or, muscles and your yeah, feet. Or I could put a foot on a shoe. A foot. I could put my foot on. I could put a shoe on and, oh, yeah, it's cozy, but now I'm so reliant on it. I think about, like, when I'm 80, do I have to be in my house with shoes on because I've relied on them? Or can right. I let the system take care of it for me? Right. Have you ever, like, talked to a client, like, you tell them, grip the ground with your feet? And they There's a whole protocol that we do, yeah. So um, I teach them to spread their toes, keep their toes lift and spread, and then find the four corners of the foot, which is the base of the big toe, mm-hmm. the base of the pinky toe, and the inner edge and the outer edge of the heel. So they find the four corners and try to balance their weight equally. So we've got the whole front to back play, side to side play, and then you create a sense of broadening the foot. Yeah. And so that's the foot activation I teach. And yeah. that comes from my yoga training. I didn't make it up. <laughs> <laughs> it just takes time and like yeah. repetition, mm-hmm. repetition, repetition. Yeah. And they get tired in their feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like your, your foot, will, like it will fatigue if you're not not mm-hmm. used to doing that. Yeah. I was very proud of myself because, um, so like last, no, I guess it's been almost a year now, last November, uh, my girlfriend and I, we went to uh, San Francisco, mm-hmm. probably hiked like 
urban hiking like 10 miles. Fine. I was in sandals the entire time. Yeah. I felt totally fine. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, like my fucking feet have really gotten to a point to where like this is how, yeah. it's how it should be. Yep. Like, you should be able to do this. I went so many to um, India, one of my trips to India, and I was there for um, something called Shiva Ratra. And so it's um, uh, a, a day where everyone's doing a pilgrimage to the temple and it's sacred. And um, all of the people were walking barefoot to the temple and it was on this rock. And I was like, Okay, I think I got this. And yeah, my feet were fine. I could go barefoot. Yeah. And then my uh, the people that were with me, that was not a possibility. Their foot was way too sensitive. They had to wear shoes. Yeah. So like, it's real nice to not have to rely on anything besides this this thing I've been given. Yeah. You know. You really um, just for what I've seen, like you've definitely taken quite a few opportunities to like really unplug and like get back to nature. That was um, a big part of. Um, well, I was a workaholic before. Yeah. <laughs> like, and actually, I have that tendency still. I have to catch myself. Um, and and and. When is your building? Yeah. I was well. Yeah. So um, so at some point I said, I always I always dreamed of hiking and backpacking and all this stuff. One day when I'm older and I have the time yeah. and money and whatever, and then One I was day. like, wait, like it still hasn't happened. So I just started making it happen because yeah. I don't know when I'm gonna die. Right. And so, so I have to take action now yeah. yeah, because we are not guaranteed tomorrow. And I feel that in my heart, right? Like yeah. that every moment and every day is a blessing and I don't know if I have another one. So yeah. I can't always wait for the future. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you really, it's, it sounds so cliche, but like you really do only have the present mm-hmm. and like, yeah, you got to take advantage of, of now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so important. When I tore my Achilles, that was a, a trigger, um, to say, Oh, I have to start doing these things because for, a year I was really unable to move the way I was accustomed to moving. And I thought, Oh wow. Like I, I thought I could always hike and I just did something that uh, made it hard to walk and Hmm, I'm getting older and I know I'm not old, but again, I I don't know what the future holds. So I just, I started making that stuff happen and it's always a, a balance for me to try to take time for life and living um, and then working in the way that has allowed me to make the choices that I can make now. Yeah. You know, well, because you sense. still have a business, right? Mm-hmm. And, and sure do. It's probably yep. a good transition. I love it here, but uh huh. Well, yeah. this is probably a good transition. Like, I mean, you're in the Arte Syndicate, right? Yeah, I'm in the Accelerator Group. Yeah, right. I was in the first year of it, and I'm in it this year. Yeah, how do you like that? I like it. It was actually, I, um, my, I'll tell you my biggest takeaway from that group. Tell me. Um, so there's all kinds of good lessons, but my biggest takeaway was um, one of our lessons was about identifying our values in our business. And I always knew our business had something unique and different that people could express like, oh man, this place is different and I really love it here and it just feels good and good everyone's energy. so happy. Yeah, and it has this good energy. And I was like, what is that? What are we doing? And there's a part of me that believes in the subtle energy realm and I think there's some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, what are, what are we doing? And I identified what our values are and then I keep sharing that with everyone so that they can also put words. What is it? And what it is is this. We, the, the things we value in our company are um, abundance mentality. Yeah. So to know that we are provided for and we have enough when our basic needs are met, we're cool. And that stops people from being um, possessive and um, competitive with each other as far as training. Um, and it, it, it makes it to where we can all say, like, hey, we're cool. Let's take care of each other now. Like, yeah. we're fine. And maybe this um, client that came in for a consultation with me, 
they might be a better fit for you, and I think you should actually go talk to them. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, we all have enough. Everyone. And then um, self-observation or uh, what do they call it in, like, military um, – Owner, extreme ownership. Extreme ownership. Job right. Rolling. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. extreme ownership is like military. Is that Marines or? He was a Navy SEAL. Navy SEAL. Yeah. And then in yoga <laughs> world, it's um, self-reflection or self-observation to see, um, to not blame the world around you, but to look inside and say, ha, huh, what did I bring to this? Yeah. You know, in, the, in this moment. And so it's each of us to, to not blame what's happening around us, but to turn inward and say, oh, this is, you know, me projecting out or it's, you know, whatever, yeah. see what our role Just is. Just take responsibility. Yeah. And so I think that that's the, that was my biggest, I mean, that um, takeaway from the Arte group yeah. has been, I don't know, it's changed kind of everything in a way yeah you know? it doesn't i mean sometimes just one insight yeah well i mean that's all you need mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i think it's pretty cool do you are you like um are you listening to like podcasts or anything else you're like what do you what kind of what do you turn I to for knowledge weird stuff okay real like a old text ancient knowledge really i'm a weirdo <laughs> yeah. we're all a little weird pretty all weird. the best people are weird though i mean i think so i totally but agree. that just tells you something about me and the my lens of the world <laughs> Well, you are a yoga teacher that's now. That's right. That's right. A little foo foo. That's right. Are you into like, um, have you read like the Law of Attraction or anything? I mean, we kind of mentioned energy a little so bit. So I haven't read the Law of Attraction, but what I have read is this. I so I can get real weird with it, or I can just I'll just keep it how it. I'll However keep it you nice. want. We can um, keep it super weird. Or well, I super believe that things, ha everything is freq energy, frequency, vibration, I agree. and so I think that there's. Um, Every tangible object, every emotion, every thought carries vibration. And so our first work is to take care of ourselves and our energy and our vibration. So we have three centers, head, heart, gut, or you know, we can think, we can move, and we can feel. And so um, if we get all of those centers firing in a certain way that we're vibrating a certain way, then we will attract things of the like. And so when yeah. I said that I, I think there's an energy thing here, I've taken firm responsibility for that. Not, um, not responsibility in the sense that I, I caused it, but I said, okay, I have to um, lead by example and hold my intention so strongly about what I want to create here. Yeah. And then I have to share it and support other people in that so that collectively we have a vibration that when people come in and they're, they're um, not the right fit, they're just... Um, bad people or something like that. Yeah, they'll either. Um, that's like a real dick thing to say. It's but bad energy. Just bad like energy, energy, right? Like they're seeing people maybe with not good intention or um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so either people will rise up, and yeah. I think people feel that, and it happens, or they will be repelled. Yeah, right? and that's so. and that's cool too. Like you know, not everybody's gonna be like your cup of tea. Yeah, I'm constantly taking audit of like the energy I, I allow around me. Mm -hmm. um, so like I have no issue like if I have to cut somebody off, like I'll love you from afar. Like that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. Like just because like I don't think you're a bad person, it uh -huh. just means like we're just on a different. I think it's wavelength. it's um, something I've heard called affectionate detachment. So um, I believe that there's something in all of us which is the same. This um, this most subtle aspect of us that yeah. makes. That, that's where the idea of unity comes from, that we all are a part of a whole. I believe that. And so we're all a piece of the whole, and therefore we all have something in common no matter what, and we're all on our own journey. Yeah. And I'm not responsible for someone else's journey. Right. Um, but if they're going to come into my life, I'll be a part of it. Um, and so so I lost my train of thought. I got, uh, I got nervous talking. Oh, no, you're fine. What the hell was did gonna I be say? A, it was probably going to be a good thing. I got uh, soil in my nails, too. Hold it on. Was, it was so good. Uh, I mean, energy. Energy. Oh, 
Oh, so so affectionate detachment. Oh, so, affectionate detachment. So it's not something of keeping myself separate um, from someone because, oh, you're different than me. It's to say I'm going to protect my energy and I'm going to respectfully, affectionately know that you're on your journey, but our paths do not align right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really where it's at. That's yeah. Really where it, I, yeah, I was – it was a clip. Are you familiar with the Model Health Show? Mm-mm. Okay, so it's actually by a guy here in St. Louis. His name's uh, Sean Stevenson. Um, it's top podcast, but he wrote. That sounds a, like a familiar name. Would he, I know that name? I mean, he's in the health space. I'm sure Maybe, you probably, uh, probably came across yeah, him. Yeah. He, well, he wrote a book called Sleep Smarter. Okay. Um, really good book. And um, I saw a clip recently. He had a guy on there, and he kind of took like the law of attraction to the next step. He called it like the law of radiation because like mm-hmm. you have to you have to embody a certain frequency and like you're radiating that energy. Mm-hmm. And then again, that's what's returned to you. So it's not just about like what you're attracting. It's like, what are you radiating? Yeah. So, um, I, I, when I talk about this with my, um, friends or whatever, um, and this comes from my teachers, you know, all this stuff is just like, I've had great teachers, but, um, so if you take like a, a, a towel right here, a little towel, uh-huh. um, it's like you in the center, and if I make a dot here, 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 that's my family and closest friends. And then here's people in my community. And then here's people really distant. And so as we, if we, as we raise ourselves, we have the largest impact on those closest to us as they start to get pulled up. Yeah. And we have a little impact on the other people. And maybe not so much out here, but that's like, that's what we do to the world around us. I truly believe that by, yeah. by taking, you know, you can't change other people. You can only change yourself. So you change yourself. And then that begins to have an impact. Yeah. So. Yeah, big impact. Yeah. Well, you're doing a lot of cool shit here, and uh, believe believe it or not, we just we just talked for an hour, Nicole. I know I have a client in <laughs> nine minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna be respectful of your time. Cool. Um, we'll wrap this up. So tell the folks how they can like check you out. If there's anything you know, social. Well, anything. first of all, if you made it this far, where do I look? Thanks. <laughs> I'm talking really fast because I'm nervous. You're great. I need to work on it. Um, but. Uh, hopefully you were able to make it this far and you could hear what I was saying. And um, so justdudis.com is our website. Um, I am active on Facebook. My husband's not so much. Right. So um, we've got our Facebook page and we've got an Instagram page. Um, so at uh, Dudis Fitness is our Instagram. And just look up Dudis Fitness on Facebook. You all find it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, our website's getting updated. So maybe by the time people get to our website, it'll be the updated one. But there's a bit of information. You'll see our classes, um, small group training schedule, our Dudis Inferno classes, um, personal training. And that's how you do it. Rad. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Nicole. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you. It's good to see you. All right, everybody. Until next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you are getting value out of the podcast, please do me a favor. Go tell a friend. Just bring one friend to the show. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review there. If you're listening on another platform, if there's somewhere you can like it or share it or comment, please do that as well. And then, man... You can always go over to YouTube. We're really improving the video experience over there. We've partnered with Convergence Media Group. And go over to YouTube and subscribe. So big shout-out to Convergence MG. They work with companies from all different industries. They're working with companies all across the country. And what they do is they help build your brand and your Internet presence. They help with strategy and marketing and content development. And, uh, man, they are the real deal. So 
go to convergencemg.com if you would like to check them out. You can also go to convergencemg on all social platforms. Uh, but yeah, go over to YouTube, type into the barcode outside perspective, hit that subscribe button. So help us grow this thing. And then as always, we're always brought to you by Imposed Will. Go to imposedwill.com, check out the full line of apparel there, get on the mailing list, use the code outside and you'll save 10% there as well. So, all right, guys, that's all I got for you. I will catch you next time. I love you.